You are listening to the Horse Radio Network, part of the Equine Network family. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. You are listening to the number one horse podcast in the world. Here's your entertaining look at the horse world and the people in it. Good Wednesday morning, everybody. I am Glenda Geek in Ocala, Florida. And I'm Jamie Jennings in Norman, Oklahoma. You're listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for August 16th, episode 3248, brought to you today by Kemen Equine. Good morning, horse people. Ah, Wednesday, the day we cover Glenn's favorite topic, <laughs> horse health. And Jamie makes you feel better about yourself with the latest weird news from around the world. Happy Wednesday. That's right. Happy Wednesday, everybody. We have one of our brand new auditors joining us today. Her name is Amy, and she has a one-eyed OTTB. She's going to talk about the challenges of having a horse with one eye and living with a horse with one eye. So we're going to talk about that. And then Karen Bowersox, host of Major League Eventing, is coming on. She's looking for racers. That's right. She's looking for a certain kind of critter to run in October at the Five Star in Maryland, at the Five Star event. So, not a horse. Not a horse. But I know a lot of our listeners have these, so that's why I'm having her on, because I think it might interest a couple of people out there. Plus, in the Auditor Post Show, we have some bizarre riders that are in performers' contracts. So that's like Beyonce and all of these singers that travel around. They have 85,000-page contracts with the stadiums when they go. And in there is sometimes some very weird stuff for the dressing rooms and things. You are the only person on the planet who just mispronounced Beyonce's name. Just what did I say? So I said Beyonce. You said Beyonce. Oh, I don't care. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> you had it wrong. I really don't care. Beyonce. Um, <laughs> so Beyonce. yes, yes, she has a very strange one uh, that we'll talk about later in the show. <sighs> so, and I think you're going to have fun with some of these that are just bizarre. Uh, before we go on with the show, what was a topic, Jamie, that we used to cover? Every week, and it was happening around the country, and it was bizarre, and it was like, oh my God, it's happened again. And But then for the last couple of years since COVID, it went away. Any guesses? I Yeah, I'm just going to let you tell me. Uh, I, there's so much, so much. I know. And this week was especially interesting for really bad news in the horse world, but chopping off the tails of horses. Like the, the, the tail or the hair? The tail. Zapping the whole tail? The whole tail. I remember years ago, before COVID, there was this rash of people cutting tails off horses. And I thought it was just they were just cutting the hair off the tails. Well, yes, cutting the hair off the tails. Okay. That's what I'm, I'm like, yes. what? Not the Somebody whole yeah. cut the whole tail off? No, not the whole tail. Cutting the hair you off. You can't do something like that. <laughs> it's back again. And we uh, have not seen one of these stories since COVID time, but this is in Colorado. It's a place called the Ken Carl Equestrian Center in Colorado, and they've had eight horses' tails have been stolen oh. at the same facility in the same week. They have apparently a good camera system. They have regular patrols of the facilities, and it's still happening, so it makes you wonder if somebody that knows the facility a little bit. Um, and this, this poor Meg Morrison, a competitive rider, said that she went out one morning and her horse's tail was gone. And of course, you know, if you remember right, they use them from crafts to jewelry, apparently violin bows and things like that can also use... 
uh, horse tail hair. Uh, but yeah, there's a bl- whole black market for horse tail hair, and apparently it's back. I've not seen this in quite a while. That sucks. Yeah. And then we had a, by the way, all of, all of our Ocala friends, and I know we have quite a few that listen, uh, there was a shooting northwest of Ocala. Somebody drove up apparently in this truck or car, they have a description of it, and took a couple shots at horses in a field. Uh, and then drove off, missed the horses, thank God. But uh, so the police are out looking for them right now. I've got uh, some more shooting stories and weird news. It's funny, but they're not like that. They're not, sh- people aren't shooting horses. Just, it's just drunk yeah, guys. Just people are assholes. That's what it comes <laughs> down to. Just, just, just wrong. Don't steal tails and don't shoot at horses. My story is a little funnier than yours, though. Okay. <laughs> Oh, good. I'm glad. All right. All the depressing (laughs) stories are done. We're going to continue on with the show now. We have one auditor birthday today. Megan Mitchell, happy birthday to Megan. Only one. This is, we, we're light. There must, you know, nine months ago mustn't have been a very busy time because that's because women don't want to be pregnant in July. Well, that is true. Yeah. <laughs> um, you said all the bad news was gone, and oh. I'm just I have to deliver a little bit of sad news, and I might have ugly cried last night. As my beetle drove down the driveway, you with sold its it. New owner, I did. Yay! <laughs> I did. I did. I took less money, but they handed me a giant sweaty wad of cash, so that made the pain go away just a little bit. But I hugged it. I took a selfie with it, and it and I cried. And this poor guy comes to buy the car and he was when he came to try it craigslist or facebook marketplace facebook marketplace so he he comes when he initially comes he's looking at the car and he tells me about his wife and remember this car was a gift from my husband to me on my birthday uh because he you know forgot my birthday the year before but whatever that's not this story so he said something about his wife and i was like oh my god is this car for your wife and he was like no it's for me like a grown man. And I was like, okay, like cool choice. It's like a beetle convertible. It's not really like a, you wouldn't think of it as like, he has, he's a grown man with grown children, you know, like, like it just, I guess he's a 15 year old son. So they came out last night to pick it up. And, uh, and I, I clearly, I was very sad. The wife is like, what is she doing? Like I'm taking selfies with my car. Like, I mean, she was like, what is she probably thought I was this crazy person, which is fine. Um, but he, you know, and he goes to, to drive it off. His son is here and he's 15. And I was like, how old are you? He's like 15. I'm like, Oh my God, is this going to be your car? And he was like, hell no, I'm not even getting in that thing. Apparently the dad was, it didn't turn to me and goes, yeah, he said he won't even ride in it. I'm like, what is wrong with you? Get off my lawn. <laughs> it was very emotional. And I did cry as it drove down the driveway. But like I said, this giant sweaty wad of cash has made yeah, soften the blow a little works. bit. Because <laughs> now I can make a giant payment on my new car. <laughs> now, do you have to go sit at the DMV with them for three hours? No, because oh. it, I own the title uh, and they were paying cash. So you could just so sign the title over? I just signed the title over, took my license plate off and said bye. 
Yeah, it was really a much easier thing than that. Yeah, when we sold our camper, it was like three hours at the DMV with all of us just waiting. (laughs) Yeah, no, that sucks. That sucks. Well, that's why I was like, oh, you want to pay in cash? Okay, (laughs) because it's not financed. (laughs) My car is way paid off. Um, But yeah, it was was very sad, but yes. Was he like me that grew up driving Beatles and he just wanted that experience again? No, he when he drove up here, he had like a like a Ford F three fifty, and he's like, "I'm just tired of spending money on gas." Oh. And I was like, "I I get it." Yeah, with an F three fifty, that's yeah. And it was F two fifty gas, and I was like, "Oh, oh yeah." He yeah. was like, "I Eight just want something to drive around because my the Beetle got forty five in the city, oh, you know? wow. so I mean, it's diesel, it's like stick shift, so it would just go forever." And uh, so yeah, he was he drove it off, and and he did text me that he got home nice and safe because when he test drove it, he stalled out in my driveway three times. <laughs> well, you know, Beetles were known for that even in the old days. If you weren't good on that clutch, you would stall it. Uh, yep. Yep. He, he, said he, very he texted me and said he made it home, and I was like, "Whew, okay, good." <laughs> and you know, I, I think I would. You know, I drove stick a lot, but I haven't for thirty years. It would be different. <laughs> I would have to get used to it again. Yeah. Yeah. It was. It was a job. But anyway, so yes, that is the the story. It is now gone. Chad can finally park in the garage again. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, people have been asking about miles. Oh, bless him, Miles. Miles is my now four-year-old Andalusian. And for those who don't know, I bought him in the sport horse auction online. Thought he was going to be two, and he shows up, and he's one, and a colt. He may have been (laughs) drinking that night. That was the night of the wine. Do not put me in an auction for no one. I don't drink wine all that often, but I remember specifically drinking wine that night. And it was like really, really late. <laughs> so that he was my overconsumption purchase. And I have been grateful every day since that because I, I got him for just nothing compared to what he should have usually you know. go for. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, I, I ended up getting contacted by his breeder who was like, I can't believe one of my babies was sold in an auction. And the lady had paid in the spring had bought him for $15,000 and I bought him online drinking in an auction for 3000. So I, 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 I feel oh, like he's I worth him. right now. He's worth 25. Oh God. He's so amazing. And I love Don't him tell so Chad much. That, though. <laughs> No, 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 <laughs> no. Chad, Chad knows. Like he, I remember there's one point I was like, you know, I mean, this is a business. I should sell him. He's not really like doing anything for me. And Chad was like, "Why would you even consider that?" And I was like, "I don't know." What's he, when you sell what's he something? Do I mean? Well, if you sell something you love, you just try to replace it, right? Yeah, so that's, that's kind of my whole thing. Um, so my plans. Everybody keeps asking me, "What are you going to do with him? What are you going to do with him?" Um, my plans at this point with him. Are he is um, at one point he, he's gonna sprout his wings and he's gonna be my winged Pegasus. <laughs> it just I don't care what he You're does. Flying over the moon. <laughs> we are. We are. I am going to. All I want to do is canter, gallop him in an open field, bareback and bridalist. Like that's my goal for my Andalusian. I don't care. So I had to. You know, my mom's visiting and I've been having to make some tough phone calls and things like that. And I decided I was going to make all of those calls from the back of my Pegasus. So <laughs> I, so he sat in the arena with me and I just made a bunch of calls. And I, I like to say, I ride my therapist every day. <laughs> do, you, do you have a desire to get back into eventing again? 
Well, he's not an event horse. No. Like okay. if if you if I were to event him, I would break him. Like mm. and and he has literally no motivation to do anything and he's also the spookiest horse on the planet. <laughs> so all great combinations. All great combinations. He's not built to jump, but he can't jump, he's not motivated to jump and he'll spook at all the jumps. So, you know, I don't care what he does. He's just fun for me to ride and uh I, I love him. He's he and and the I have I don't even like gray horses. Okay. And I have two. The two horses that belong to me are both gray. One is a gray thoroughbred who had shoes this summer to correct some angles, ace. And then I had to, uh, he had, he had to have a couple cycles of shoes, but ace, my gray horse lives in my red pond. So it wasn't really beneficial to have a horse with shoes on in red sucking mud all summer. So I just pulled his shoes um, about a month ago and he's been very ouchy until he kind of gets a little more used to it. And so now my thoroughbred is the fat one and my Andalusian <laughs> is the fit one and I can't tell them apart in the pasture anymore. They're both four. They're both the same height. They're both 15, three and both are dirty and fat. So, Bookends. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So they're there. That's what it is. It's, right. it's, you know, it's, he's just my, my little, um, you know, every girl wants a pony, you know, and he's just kind of like that horse for me. And he makes me feel he's 12. Horse. Yeah. He's my he's my emotional support animal. animal. <laughs> flying with him now. I love him. <laughs> Since 2021, Equa Summit has attracted hundreds of attendees looking to unlock gut health and strength solutions for their horses. The third annual Equa Summit virtual learning event is right around the corner, taking place September 5th and 6th. It is right around the corner. Can you believe it's almost September? Join us as experts from the industry and academia tackle important equine health issues such as leaky gut syndrome insulin dysregulation, stress management, and exercise physiology, and other horse and nutrition topics as well. Whether you're a roper, an eventer, a farrier, a veterinarian, a hobbyist, just have backyard horses like me, you'll find Equisummit has something for you. Don't let this opportunity ride away. Register today for free. That's right. It's free at attendequisummit.com. That's attendequisummit.com, and it's September 5th and sixth. Coming up next is one of our terrific auditors named Amy, who has a very special thoroughbred. I have to tell you something real quick, yeah. though. I had a milestone yesterday with Miles, and I, I didn't get to finish telling you this because oh. you know what? I am a girl and I love my horse, so I could literally talk about it for the next two and a half hours straight without breathing. But I would like to say that yesterday, for the first time ever, he cantered on both his leads got the leads correctly only with a leg cue, not with like a kiss or a verbal cue or anything. He finally cantered with me just using my leg and he got both leads right now. So excited. And that's like a super big day when you raise baby horses. Yay. So proud. <laughs> Good for you. Sorry, I cut you off there. I didn't know that I there mean, was this exciting I, news waiting. I, I just, well, I was like, I, to be fair, you were reading that. And I was looking at the video of me writing him yesterday and I'm like, Oh, I forgot to tell everybody. He <laughs> cantered. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody cares. I Keep care. Whatever. You, don't placate me. You don't care. It's fine. I'm I'm used to it. Well done. I tell you I tell you this so so my husband doesn't have to suffer. <laughs> <laughs> well, welcome to the show, Amy. Thanks for joining us. Well, thank you for having me. Oh my gosh. So how long have you been listening to this podcast? I found you randomly probably about six months or so ago. 
when I was looking for podcasts to listen to. Cool. And so what made you become an auditor? Um, I just really, really enjoyed horses in the morning. It was, it was a great little piece of horse and then a little bit of, you know, non-horse stuff. So it kind of really, you guys were entertaining as well. So you just I'm glad to hear that. To <laughs> you guys suck, yeah, and I didn't want to be a part of it. Anyway. <laughs> right, right. You were definitely entertaining, and and so now I look forward to um, listening to you every three times a week. That's awesome. Well, so you joined the auditor group, and uh, you talked on the Facebook page about your horse, and um, so th- tell us. Uh, I love this. His name, his jockey club name is High Class 10 Pin. I guess that's, I mean, I was thinking something else, but you said it's bowling related. I don't know if it's bowling related. The stallion is 10 pin or 10 pins. The Louisiana bread. Gotcha. But you call, what do you call him? We call him Turtle. That Um, does not bring up memories and thoughts of a giant off the track thoroughbred speeding down (laughs) The home stretch. Well, he definitely did not speed. Um, he <laughs> raced. He raced twice at uh, fairgrounds in Louisiana, um, and the first race he broke out of the gate like third, and then he kind of you see the crowd of horses going across the finish line, and then you see the you know little chestnut going off the screen. Um, there is no <laughs> there is no photo of him coming across the race the finish line because. Uh, the photographer must have gone home. He left. <laughs> he left. He was he was done. There, there was, it was time for lunch. <laughs> yep. He's like, no, I'm not waiting for this one. Um, and then his second race um, was a couple months later. And again, he I, he didn't even try that race. He just just decided to lope along behind everybody else. So when I see horses that raced twice, you know, there's a lot of um, things that happen to get a horse to a track, obviously uh, meticulous breeding. They get fold out. They're taken care of immensely. They are raised and then trained by, you know, people that are gearing them up towards the racetrack. And that takes six months to get them ready for the track and then to get them on the track and to exercise them till they get fit enough to go to their first race and then they raced like once or twice what that says to me is either number one then when i see that when i get like these horses off the track and i see they race two times i'm either they got hurt or man there was just nothing there (laughs) it sounds like that sounds like turtle (laughs) i think i think it's a little bit of both um so when i adopted him um he was um, he had an, a scar in his eye, um, that in his right eye, his, the scar, we believe if we, if you watch the race, he's in the crowd of horses. Um, and then he starts to kind of peter out and back off. Um, our assumption is he got that scar in his eye from possibly a, another jockey getting mm-hmm. the horses, his horse going and clipped him in the eye. Um, and then he didn't race for a couple of months. So you would think, you know, maybe healing. Um, and then after that, he didn't try. He didn't want any gotcha. part of it. Yeah. He was like, I'm done here. This hurts. Uh, so yeah, I didn't like it. Now what is unique about him and, and it's always uh, challenging. And I get questions uh, from a lot of people asking about things with one eyed horses. He mm-hmm. has one eye. When did he lose that eye? So due to the, the injury in his eye, um, the scar, I adopted him when he was four. Um, um and I've had him from it's called a second chance thoroughbreds in mm-hmm. uh, Spencer, New York. 
Um, so I adopted him when he was four and he had the scar in his right eye. Um, as kind of time went by, he was always been a very mellow, solid citizen, kind of really good boy. And then about a year and a half ago, he just started doing naughty things like bucking and spooking and he'd land off a jump and he'd start crow hopping. Um, he wouldn't do both flying lead changes. Um, and he was having issues with the eye. You could see he was kind of getting some glaucoma, a little bit of uveitis, um, so we made the tough decision that, you know, he's in pain. Um, so we need to do something. So we had it removed a year ago, June. Um, just, you know, he was in pain. He wasn't happy. Um, and since then, he's a different horse. But he was definitely telling us he hurt. Wow. So, well, that, that's interesting. You know, a lot of people, did you research other avenues before you, or did you just know it was the eye? We knew it was the eye because something changed and as it was changing, it was always associated with some sort of a flare up that really was related to the eye. Um, and then when you think about it, the things that he was doing, like his flying lead change from his right to left was always automatic. And then his left to right, which the right eye is the bad eye. He would crow hop or buck when you asked for it, he'd do it, but he would crow hop and buck. So when you think about the change in pressure, because glaucoma is pressure, when he's going from the left to the right, his now his pressure's on the right eye. So it would push that pressure into the pain, uh, you know, because, you know, of glaucoma. And we, we definitely researched it with a vet and the vet recommended that at some point he would need it removed. So he was, he's more, was more dangerous not seeing well out of that eye mm -hmm. than not seeing at all. That's so um, interesting. Because he, he was seeing things and things were changing. So where there was no shadow, one or twi once or twice around the ring, now there's a shadow that wasn't there. Or, you know, he's not seen clearly. So something that might look like a tree, one point looks like a big monster. It's kind of like um, after you've had a whole bottle of wine. That same thing happens, actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so he's random. About, <laughs> yeah, so he, he was a little bit more on the dangerous side when he was seeing things that he wasn't seeing. Yeah, um, kind of half seeing. So, yeah. Right. And, and horses can't, they don't, like... They don't go where they can't see, you know, and if he kind of could partially see, I could see where that would really, you know, stress him out. And like, especially right. if there's like a pressure in his, in the eye, it gives you like mm -hmm. a constant headache. So that's interesting. Yep. So post care, post all of that, once you got him back under the tack, you said he's actually a lot better. What do you do with him? Yeah. Um, he's a hunter jumper and we do some, I do a little, I play dressage. I'm not very good at it. Um, but we do hunter jumpers. Um, he automatically, he went from jumping and crow hopping at the landing to, to just jumping around like, you know, a gentleman. Um, he is, he is more woe than go. Um, hence turtle. He, <laughs> he all of a sudden went from having one lead change or right to left to automatic both directions. Like you don't even ask wow. him. He just does it. Um, he very rarely in the beginning, he kind of spooked a little, um, but we don't have the same spookiness. Um, we definitely, he's, he's doing walk trot in horse shows with little kids. And, um, Aww. I mean, he's 16, one, he's a big boy. So he's, um, but little kids love him. Um, he's, he's very much more comfortable and you can tell. So now that the eye is gone and he's happier and more adjusted, is there any sort mm -hmm. of special things or care you have to do for him? Or is that now that it's gone, it's all just good to go? Well, there are some challenges. Um, obviously, like if you're riding dressage or 
hunters. Um, we do a lot of IEA shows. I have, I'm an assistant coach on an IEA team. Um, so like the kids in equitation, you switch your crop. You can't switch your crop. You can't switch your dressage whip um, because you can't see it. Um, so if you go to tap him with it, he doesn't know it's coming. Um, we're always just very much talking to him on that side or touching him, just making sure, you know, respectfully that he knows we're there. Um, in the past, you know, clipping noses was a big thing. We don't do that anymore with him. Obviously he needs the, the whiskers. They all do, but, um, he, he definitely needs his whiskers so he doesn't get clipped the same way, but he, we're always just talking to him on that side. If you're approaching, going up the bar and his head's out, you just talk to him, let him know you're, you know, you're approaching, um, pretty much that's really it. Other than that, he does, he does excellent. He's, he's jumping up to three foot and he's doing, you know, just wow. enjoying his life now. I think the biggest challenge I have right now is he likes to donk his head on things. <laughs> so, <laughs> so short, so short of bubble wrapping him. Um, I just have to, you know, kind of, sometimes he's had a couple of puncture wounds and then he has a, I don't know about anybody else's thoroughbred, but anytime he gets more than a surface scratch, it swells up. And then it's oh, not yeah. a crater anymore. It's like flat. Um, then he gets to go on butte for a couple of days and we have to clean it out and dry, drain it. Cause he bonked his head on something, but it's really the only challenges I've had. And we just adjust that we're talking to him and Aww, well, him. you know, that's good advice for every horse. If you're going to walk mm-hmm. up to them, might as well say yeah. something before you get there, put your hand out on their butt, you know, and have they right. spook or jump right. or something like that. So that is yep. good. Well, so what are your plans for the future for him? Um, I'm going to just continue to, to love him and do some hunter jumpers. I'd like to try to get into some more of the dressage as I'm, you know, I'm not young anymore. I'm in my forties. So I don't always want to, I don't love jumping in the shows. I like jumping at home. Um, I manage, I manage dressage shows. So I, I might want to start doing some more of the dressage work. Um, and I just like to enjoy my horse. I let the kids ride them. We use them for a lesson horse. Um, I just enjoy them. Well, will you please give Turtle a smooch on the left side of his nose from us, please? Of course. And, of course. <laughs> Amy, thank you for joining the the family here at Horse Radio Network and becoming an auditor and give Turtle a smooch for us. And thank yep. you so much for coming on. Yeah, and hopefully I'll see you all on the cruise. Oh, yeah, oh, that's right. Well, I saw you signed up. Thank you for that. I did. I appreciate it. We're looking forward to seeing you. Yeah, awesome. All well, right. Thank you for having thanks. me. I appreciate it. All right. Thanks a bunch. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Well, that sounds like a fun horse. She's just a, she's so, she just settled in with this horse and figured it out, and, and the horse is useful. You know, it's I do, love it. doing I love its thing. It. And, I, I, I haven't spent a lot of time with white horses, so it's why I was so curious as to know, like, what were the adjust, what were the signs, what was the adjustment period, and what do you have to do going forward? And it sounds like it's just gotten better since he's more comfortable. Well, StatelineTech.com right now is having a WinTech giveaway. Right now, our WinTech giveaways are over, so you can still win a, a WinTech. Head on over to StatelineTech.com. Big banner right there at the top of the homepage. Uh, you can enter to win one of two WinTech saddles, a WinTech's Kids Saddle, which I think every kid should start with a WinTech because they don't take care of their stuff. And the second one is a WinTech 500 flocked all-purpose saddle, which we've all ridden in. I've even ridden in one of those. So you get your choice of size, you get your choice of color, and you can just enter to win right there on StatelineTech.com. And of course, you can check out all the clearance sales they're having right now, getting ready for a, a 
the back to school and also all the blanket shipments that will be coming into the warehouses. They have to make room. So check it out at statelinetech.com. And the next guest is brought to you by Daily Dose Equine, non-GMO core nutrition for horses and ponies of all ages. Coming up is Karen Byersox. She is host of Major League Eventing, and uh, she wants to tell you about an event that's going to a race that's going to happen at the Mars Maryland Five Star Fair Hill in October. And if you have this kind of animal, she wants you to come join the race. Karen, welcome back to the show. It's so good to talk to you again. Oh, nice talking to you too, Karen. You. Do you run this race? You sp- like sponsor it, right? And, and the- <laughs> yeah, we do. We do. Um, so last year was our first time having it, uh, the Maryland Corgi Cup. Uh, yeah, so we we sponsor it, uh, we run it, and it's chaotic fun to put it in. <laughs> so you gave it away. It's the Maryland Corgi Cup. Is it w- one race full of corgis, or are there heats and then finals? How's it? How's it work? Okay, so how it works is we have qualifying heats, and it's during the the Maryland Five Star. Uh, it'll be on show jumping day, and we'll have qualifying heats before the three-star show jumping. And then the top two corgis will advance to the championship race, which will be uh, – <laughs> Right after three star awards, before the five star show jumping, is it like a fifty yard dash, a hundred yard? A da- hundred yard might take an hour, but how it, long is it? <laughs> it's a hundred and fifty feet. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> so it doesn't it doesn't sound long, but when you got those little legs, it takes them a little while to get across that. <laughs> how many get across, and how many get distracted on the way? Uh, well, quite a bit. Um, <laughs> it, it is the cutest thing that you'll ever see. Um, they, uh, I don't even know how to say it. They, they take off, they're so ready to go. And then they start running into each other and some turn around. Some don't even run. They, they're still at the start and it's just hysterical. <laughs> it's so much fun. And did you start this cause you had a Corgi? Or have a corgi? Yes. Um, so we have uh, our Stanley. And um, actually, how we got the idea was um, everyone here, I, I work at a bank. And everyone knows how much I love corgis, and especially Stanley. And one night, my boss, he texts me. He's like, you need to turn on ESPN right now. So I turn it on, and it's corgi racing. Next thing you know, we're pitching it to the Maryland Five Star, and and the rest is history. Here we are, second year in a row. I don't know if you'll remember, but, but way back when, before it was a big Five Star, but it was a big event. They would have mm-hmm. there at Fair Hill every every fall. They would have a big event, and they would also have a dog agility competition going on at the same time. And they yes. also had carriage driving. All three were happening at the same time. Yeah, yeah. I remember that. Yeah, and the dogs, would, of course, dog agility dogs tend to bark a lot. So there was a lot of barking. <laughs> it's like, I'm so glad that you're bringing fun because Fairhill was always known for having fun other stuff. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it, I, I tell you what, there's a lot of people um, who aren't horsey people who are attending just because of the corgi racing. <laughs> 
Now, <laughs> Jamie has two basset hounds. You need no, to I, add I, that. Let me, yeah. let, me, let me make my pitch, okay? <laughs> because there's nothing more fun than watching Corys run in a race, except for one thing, and that's watching basset hounds run. Oh, so, yeah. <laughs> I think you're, you're on to something here. However, let's take it a step further. Come on. Uh, and then you could have like best in show, like the top two from both sides oh. and have like a match race. Oh my oh, that God. Would be oh, and you know what? That if we had wiener dogs, you got the trifecta right there. Oh, come on. <laughs> Maybe we should and sponsor the Basset Hounds next year, Jamie. I have three entries I could make. <laughs> That's right. Three Basset Hounds. No human should own three Basset Hounds, yet here I am. <laughs> uh, and what's, what's actually kind of fun is so the corgis were the first ones to race on the brand new turf on the steeplechase track. <laughs> and actually they're still the only ones going to be racing because um, they didn't have steeplechasing again this year. They so did. That right was now, so much fun to go watch steeplechasing there. It, it is. Um, hopefully they'll have it next year, but um, hopefully they can work things out. But Right now, it's the Corgi steeplechase track. So <laughs> <laughs> good. I'm glad it's being used for something. Yeah, that's an expensive yeah. track for corgis, but yeah, you know, I know, right? <laughs> it's like, that's fantastic. I love that you're doing this. You know, we've always said that to bring ordinary people out to horse shows, you need to do non-horsey things. Yeah, and you're proving that right there. Yeah, yeah. Um, back in January at the Maryland Pet Expo. Um, there was Baltimore Corgi group. They had Corgi races there. And I said, well, you know what? Here's a prize. The top winners from each race are automatically, um, entered in our race. And, um, I was there and I talked to some people and they said that they attended the race last year and they had so much fun that regardless we had the Corgi races or not, they were going to come. Oh, yay. Yeah, so that was great to hear. I always said you need two things. You need this one other fun thing, like the corgi races, and you need good food. That, that's what you need, too. And we've been lacking that at horse shows over the years. Yeah, uh, but- well... They have great food at the five-star, so be good. ready. <laughs> good. Yay. Well, I'm so happy you're doing this. Now, how many are signed up and how many more do you need? Because I know we have listeners with corgis. Yeah, so last year we had 50 corgis racing. Um, this year... Uh, the Maryland Five Star Committee, they challenged me to get 100. <laughs> and as of this morning, I'm up to 70. Oh, my God. The 70 corgis. <laughs> you do do a group picture, right? Well, we try. Yeah, that's like we herding try. cats. Like, come on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We try. But we, we, we will have a uh, parade of corgis before the the actual race. So that's, uh, that's well, a lot it of is Halloween time. You could do costume corgis too. Yeah. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. We do. We do, um, suggest people dress their corgis up, but we'll see. We'll okay. see if they'll do it. <laughs> well, good for you. And I, I did want to give a plug to Maryland five star. We haven't talked about it again this year. Uh, you know, how, How'd you feel about it last year? What, what, what was it like for you? You, you do an eventing podcast. I, I realize Great. that, but compared to like Kentucky and, you know, how did it feel? It, it's a different field in Kentucky, but it's, it's, it's fun. Um, there's a lot to see, a lot to do. Um, the, the cross country course is huge. Um, it, 
it takes you a while to walk it. Lots of hills. So you need to be in shape to be able to walk it. Um, the tailgating was everywhere and it was amazing. Um, and the show jumping, you, you can't beat it because you're right there. And it, it's, it's, it's a different atmosphere, but like I said, it, it's a lot of fun. Um, I bet it's more like a hometown show atmosphere rather than Kentucky kind of feels like an Olympic event. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I, I live about 10 minutes away. So for me, I absolutely love it. I get to go home every night and sleep in my own bed. Um, but uh, it's, it's, it's fun and we, lots of crabs. So crabs, crab bisque, crab fries. (laughs) (laughs) We bring Maryland to the Maryland five star. So it's, it's a lot of fun. Very good. And also, you know, Major League Eventing, your podcast. Uh, Give everybody a quick uh, rundown of what it is and what you do. Right. So we're a podcast that um, we interview all different riders from up and coming to Olympians and everyone in between. Uh, We kind of we're a little different. We get the behind the scenes stories of these riders. You know, they're not just coming on because they recently won an event. We're getting to know them, how they got their start in riding all the way up to their current business. And um, it's, it's really interesting to hear everyone's different path and have the same goal. And it, it's, it's, it's been very successful. Um, we've been around since I think 2017 and actually we had Jamie on back in October, 2021. It's not been a home run with all your guests. (laughs) No. (laughs) Occasionally there's a, there's a flop. You gotta gotta, like keep it low brow sometimes. (laughs) Well, Karen, uh, thank you for joining us today. I really appreciate it. It's majorleagueeventing.com. It's Major League Eventing on any of your podcast players. If you're interested in eventing at all, you should be listening to Karen and Robbie. Her son are the ones that host it. And Karen, thanks for joining us. We'll talk to you again soon. I'm here with the mad scientist who developed Daily Dose Equine Horse Feeds, Janet Geyer. And I wanted to have a quick chat with you because Daily Dose Equine Horse Feeds are non-GMO whole food nutrition based. And a lot of people go, oh, that comes from a small dedicated feed mill. I won't be able to get that when I travel. They're wrong, aren't they? They are. You can get it through Chewy anywhere in the United States. Or if you live locally in Maryland and Northern Virginia, you can get it delivered. There you go. Chewy.com. It will deliver it anywhere you want. You can also schedule delivery in advance so you can have it delivered every X number of days. And you can go in there to your account and change it every time you move horse show venues. So check it out today. DailyDoseEquine.com online or Chewy.com. Words and Rider On Demand allows you to train smarter, not harder. Our training video collection featuring some of the industry's top Western professionals like Bud Lyon, Cody Crow, Ryan Rushing, and more can help you perfect your horsemanship and improve your performance in the arena. Get access to hundreds of videos and learn more about events like ranch horse versatility, reining, working cow horse, ranch riding, and more for just $14.99 a month. 
Watch anywhere, anytime. Horse and Rider On Demand can be streamed from any smart device. Visit ondemand.horseandrider.com to start your seven-day free trial. That's ondemand.horseandrider.com. I never thought about the people at Grand Canyon's Phantom Ranch. Now, Grand Canyon's Phantom Ranch is at the bottom. That's where the mules take the people down, and they hang around there, and then they hike back up. The mule ride. Yes. You did. Do I remember? Did you do it? I did. I did the all day. Were you at Phantom Ranch? Yes. Okay. I was. And let me tell you something. That was one of the most miserable experiences <laughs> of my entire life. I go, you do this all day mule ride. And I was like 20 and I was riding like 10 horses a day. And I'm just like super fit for riding. You and were they exercise riding this, then, weren't you? Yes. Yeah. I like rode racehorses. So, and, and so I get on this mule and we go down to the bottom of the canyon. And you're like on ledges where, I mean, like a foot wide ledge where it's like rock to your right sheer wall and then like sheer drop off to your left and you're going around switchbacks and the wind is hitting you and just like it was awful and so it's tremendously serious so we get done all the way down have lunch ride all the way back up and i see these other people like total muggles like getting off their mule they're like bye and they like hop off and run to their car and i at this point am practically paralyzed i am so (laughs) exhausted i mean exhausted and i turned to the guide and i was like looking at these just freaking non-horse people and they just like run off to the car and i'm like on the ground i can barely move and i said to him i go i don't understand why am I dying when I ride all the time? He's like, I'm like, why am I in so much pain? And these people hop off and run away. And he goes, you know what? Cause you know, what could happen? <laughs> I was like, wait, what? He was like, yeah, they don't think anything can happen. And they think it's like a carnival ride. Like, but you know what can happen. And so you rode a lot harder than they did. It's <laughs> like, well, thank you for that. <laughs> I didn't realize that some of the hands lived down there actually live down and stay down there. I always uh, thought it was so long ago. And I've so, I mean, like I lived in Arizona for years and like, I remember people asking, you want to do that? No, I'm never <laughs> doing that again. No. I mean, it was beautiful and it was challenging. It was like, it was hard, but like I said, like the other people didn't even bother them and me. I'm, I'm like paralyzed for two days as sore as I've ever been. <laughs> well, apparently there's no other way to really get down there. So what they do a couple times a week is they take the mule trains down without people. And they bring supplies to the workers that live at the bottom. And, of course, they feed you down there and all that stuff, too. So that's all got to get down there somehow. And they take the mule trains down. But the other thing they deliver, get this, is, of course, Amazon packages to the workers at the bottom. (laughs) So if you want something, apparently you can have it delivered by mule on your Amazon Amazon package delivered by mule to the bottom. And I'm sure there's like a... Probably a weight requirement, a size requirement. But they deliver things to the bottom, like fresh uh, produce, toilet paper, mail, beer, bacon, and, of course, Amazon packages. Uh, Yes, you can get Amazon packages at the bottom of the Grand Canyon. Wow. How do you get Wi-Fi down there to order (laughs) To order order it, exactly. I don't know. Starlink? I don't know. (laughs) All right, let's do some weird news. Time to learn why some days you're embarrassed to be part of the human race. In Jamie's Weird News. I'm going to tell you about the fundamental, like, if you open the dictionary and you looked up the word irony, there's going to be a picture of this first story. But before I get to that, I would like to thank 
Carrie, Stephanie, Alicia, Delia, Julia, Laureen, Sandy, Kathleen, Mary, Lisa, and Janelle, all for sending me weird news stories. Yes, if you see a story in, in the news, wherever you read your news, and you're like, oh my God, that's weird. That's send that to me. Jamie at horseradionetwork.com. Uh, with weird news in the subject line. And I would like to say again that there are many stories that you nasty people send me that I can't read on the air. However, I do love seeing those. So please continue to send them. You know who you are, a person that sent me the story about the spider. <laughs> Sorry, this side note. I um, think I, I think somebody posted that story in the auditor room, and I have a I have an announcement. Uh, in the auditor room, what's the one post that they're not allowed to do, or I will take them down immediately. Well, there was, I did get a lot of snake stories. Yeah, well, then those you're not allowed to post pictures of snakes in the auditor room. And the other thing is, is if it's a spider as big as your hand, I'm going to delete no. that post too. So this was a spider that, if it bites you, you has a very odd yes. side effect for me. Did men. you see how big this, that spider is? I did not. It's huge. I did not. Yeah. I, I, I don't. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah, yeah. And uh, that I one got taken down because there's no spider pics allowed either. I'm just okay. Saying. Well, okay. okay. Sounds good. Um, <laughs> well, I would like to thank these guys for sending in the news stories. And we're going to start with the, the, the story of irony, the definition of irony. So there's a in Pennsylvania. Uh, wait, no, not in Pennsylvania. Let me see. Colorado. Okay. There's a driving school and it's called Learn to Drive. That's and it's name. in a it's in a mini mall, and there's like that big sign over the top, you know, mini mall type. Learn to drive. That's the name of the store. Well, one of the employees, <laughs> while parking his own personal car, accidentally drove straight into the building, which has a glass front, and crashed directly into the Learn to Drive. So his car is a Hyundai Tucson, by the way, same car I have. And um, in the photo, you've got the giant sign of Learn to Drive and then a car hanging out of the back of the building. (laughs) So, And he's an employee. I am assuming you lose your job immediately. Well, you know, they were saying that um, it was his second day, and he... Okay, I don't care. <laughs> he also said, to the employee's credit, the school sign above the front door says, learn to drive, not learn to park. <laughs> <laughs> He was cited for a traffic violation. Yeah, maybe <laughs> no not the best candidate to teach your sixteen-year-old how to drive. <laughs> maybe, not, maybe not the best candidate. Let's just let's just fire him today. I'm voting for that. You know, we had the story last week of the lady who was mowing her lawn and a snake fell from the sky and yes. turns out it was in a bird's yes. mouth. And then the bird came down and like attacked her and it was like mass chaos and all that. Well, um, I think it's apocalyptic that's happening now because something happened in New Jersey. (laughs) They have a suspect sketch. The police had a lot of fun with this. The Sayreville Police Department released a wanted sketch of what appears to be a Cooper's tail hawk (laughs) because uh, on Saturday, a large section of homes in Sayreville lost power 
because a bird dropped a giant fish on top of a transformer <laughs> and shorted out the entire power grid for the entire uh, town of Sayerville. You know, you hear squirrels doing that. I've never heard of a fish doing it. <laughs> yeah, it is. Um, it's 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 amazing. They have a photo of the fried fish that is laying on the ground. He's cooked now. <laughs> it took them three hours to restore the power. Um, and um, the police department, of course, had to make a post <laughs> because I love police department posts. And uh, they posted, we are urging the public to not forget the victim and the senseless death. Referring to the fish, which they named Gilligan. <laughs> Gilligan was a hardworking family man, and he was a father to thousands. The suspect was last seen flying south. If you see him, do not try to apprehend him. <laughs> Dangerous. He's armed. <laughs> it says, although he isn't believed to be armed, he may still be very dangerous. If you have any information in this case, oh, this is where it just gets bad. Please contact Detective John Silver, who handles all of our fish cases. <laughs> oh, you lost me at Long John Silver. <laughs> That's pretty clever. <laughs> it's just a regular garage sale. Are you shocked that they're still open, by the way, Long John Silver? Because <laughs> there's still really one still in Ocala. Open? Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> um. Yeah. So this is in Clarksville, Arkansas. And the, the cool thing is we have a couple of Arkansas stories. So Arkansas gets the award today. Um, it was just a regular garage sale, basically. Um, it was a, a site for on Highway 64. They had vendors from over 20 cities on the highway. They closed on the highway and they have like clusters of yard sales in Van Buren, Alma, Ozark, Altus, Clarksville, Valonia, and BB. And they shut down the whole thing uh, to, to make this uh, giant. You know, everybody goes to it. It's a lot of fun. People shop around. And then they had to call the police. And then the Clarksville Police Department shows up. And what does the Clarksville Police Department have to do? They had to call the bomb squad, Glenn. Do you know why they had to call the bomb squad? Somebody was selling dynamite at the... A live grenade. Oh. <laughs> you hear about the fake ones, but this one was actually a real one? Fort Smith Bomb Squad had to be called out because somebody literally had a live grenade for sale on their table at the yard sale, Glenn. That's right. Fort Smith Bomb Squad, they were they were sent out. They had to shut down the whole area. They had to evacuate everybody. And the bomb squad took possession of the despite device for proper disposal, according to police. <laughs> there you, you're not safe anywhere, people. <laughs> There's lots of puns there, but I'll avoid them. <laughs> so many jokes. So many jokes. All right, now I'm going to tell you a tale of two men, Christopher Hicks, 36, and Charles Eugene Ferris. This is from Newsweek. They were detained on Monday. See, here's what had happened was uh, shots were fired, police were called, and then they took these two men into custody. Um Actually, no, they didn't take him into custody. Police were called, and one man was then taken to the hospital where he was checked over and had a giant red spot on his upper chest because what happened, Glenn, was 
Mr. Ferris claimed that somebody had paid him $2 for protection and he had to meet up and protect this man because they had to meet another man at like 10 PM and they ended up in a gunfight and a 50 year old told the deputy he was hit multiple times, but he was able to return shots fled in the car and his asset who was with him, the man he was protecting had to take him to the hospital because there were gunshots fired. And it was this whole like shootout that happened and it was dramatic. And then they talked to the wife, Leslie Ferris, the man's wife had a different recollection of events. (laughs) (laughs) She told police, Listen, y'all, okay, see what happened was, was my husband was home with his friend and they's outside and they's drinking. And then I heard some, some drinking. It was about 10 PM. And then I heard some gunshots and see, here's what actually happened is, um, it's the ultimate tale of, Hey, y'all watch this. Hold my beer. Uh, so what happened was they decided they had a bulletproof fest and they were like, you know what I think we should do? I think we should put this bulletproof vest on and shoot each other and see what happens. <laughs> 22 caliber well. semi-automatic <laughs> rifle. And so um, the uh, affidavit says that he asked Hicks to shoot him in the chest. And he was hit in the chest with a 22 caliber semi-automatic rifle. But here, but hold my beer first. <laughs> he started to get pissed about, this is in quotes, pissed about the injury. So Hicks, who had his bulletproof vest on, he uh, <clears throat> unloaded the clip into Hicks, oh my who was wearing his vest. And then he was struck five times in the back. None of the bullets pierced the material, but both men ended up getting in a fight but they ended up driving each other to the hospital. Oh <laughs> and apparently, can you just the picture these two? Please tell me there were mug shots. <laughs> of course, there's mug shots. Of course, there's mug shots. Is it exactly what we picture? Uh, but you're going to think about two white guys, about 50, lots of facial hair, yep, scruffy, exactly, yep. balding, yep, um, exactly overweight, and they decided and to drink and shoot each other. Let's see what happens when we shoot each other. And he's like, dang, that hurt. And he's like, I'm a juju. And like, I love it. And the other guy, I mean, what could possibly go wrong, Glenn? Broken ribs. Lots of um, broken ribs. <laughs> or, I don't know. It's like the movie Dumb and Dumber yes. when he's like, he has a bulletproof head. He's like, boom, boom, he just shot you in the head. Yeah. That was a yeah. chance we were willing to take. Um, <laughs> <laughs> So there you go. Uh, Congratulations. Now, by the way, neighbors are fairly upset Yeah, about the whole thing. Yeah. Um, they were arrested. They were um, released yesterday on $5,000 bond. For being dumbasses? <laughs> no formal charges have been filed. <laughs> we really need a dumbass clause. We really do. That you can be charged and you, you get like a, a year in prison for just oh being a dumbass. Oh my god. I can just like, but then he concocted this like whole story of like, <laughs> I was paid to protect this guy and I went out and like, <laughs> I got shot, but like I was protected and it turns you know, out they were just idiots shooting You know on the other. way to the hospital they came up with that one. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Here's what we're going to say. And Here's then they were too drunk to remember it entirely. <laughs> <laughs> and then what is the wife like dimes him out. Wife's like, uh, that's not what happened. No. Because she's so tired of them. She wanted them to go to jail. <laughs>
funny. Is that the last one? That's it. Well, she should end on that one. That one's perfect. Uh-huh. All right, auditors, hang on. We're going to talk about some celebrities and some of the clauses they have in their contracts for when they go to shows. <laughs> the and- comments underneath this one comment is sadly, the vest worked. <laughs> On that note, it's National Roller Coaster Day. Go out and take a ride.